another episode this is episode eight on the childhood of the wolf podcast a fun little episode today and as i've kind of grown with this podcast i've realized it's a whole lot more fun when i bring on guests that are into the same nerdy properties geeky fandom stuff that i am too uh so i'm gonna welcome chris to the show here and uh he's actually got a fandom page a nerd page what have you and that's uh nerds week Chris, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, it's podcast time, so it's always fun. Get to talk some Heck nerd yeah. shit. Yes. You want to talk about your uh, your Nerds Week page? Yeah. So um, pretty close to 10 years ago, we came up with the idea where we wanted to do something kind of like, like the Nerdist and the Geek and Sundry. We wanted a page where you could just talk about whatever you want, because... As you know, growing up a nerd, you probably had a lot of times where you wanted to just ramble on about nerdy shit and people were like, nah, I, yeah, just stop. I don't want to hear your nerdy shit anymore. So you're just, you don't have any place to talk about it. So I wanted to make a place kind of where you could talk about whatever the heck you're nerdy about, whether it's comics, books, TV, or, you know, there's even, you know, like if you're into crafting or if you're into scrapbooking, that's technically the definition of being a nerd is something that you really, really love and enjoy and you're obsessed with to for more or less a better word so mm -hmm. basically anybody from any kind of fandom no matter what it is could come and talk about whatever the hell they want to talk about not have to worry about having all the negativity or you know being told that you don't want to listen to it because there's going to be someone else that wants to hear it that's awesome so that was kind of that was kind of the idea um so basically anytime you want to just talk about something nerdy or share nerdy stories or whatever. It doesn't even need to be nerdy, just something you're interested in. Yep. That's kind something of what you're passionate it's about. about. Exactly. Um, and it's also kind of a way to help get you inspired to get back into what you want to do. Because, you know, just because we're growing up doesn't mean we have to stop enjoying the things we liked as kids. I like that. And there's too much time where we're growing up and we get so busy with you know, all the shit we have to deal with being a grown up mm -hmm. that you don't have time for the stuff that you enjoy. So it's kind of a way to help you stop and just make sure at least once a week, you're still doing something nerdy that you enjoy. So that's kind of, kind of the premise of it really. That's really cool. I like that, that it's a, it's a safe haven for nerds to gather, right? You know, kind, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Um, it, and you know what, it's funny that you said that because, you know, you, you brought up like growing up and, and, you know, trying to talk to people about something nerdy and they're like, Oh, I don't want to listen. High school. I was, I was a, a, you know, three sport varsity athlete and, you know, ranked number one in the state in a track event and stuff. No one wanted to hear me say, Hey, I collect action figures, <laughs> you know, like, no, yeah, that was exactly. like, yeah, only my closest friends really talk to me about that kind of stuff, you know, cause you, yeah. you know, as, as kids, sometimes you know, or I should say young adults, we get to that point where it's like, do I need to hide this? Like, are my coworkers going to berate me or like, you know, the people, my peers going to be like, oh, you're such a nerd. Like, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to, you know, and it's, it's cool to, to have a page like yours where people can go and find other like-minded people to discuss those topics that, you know, maybe aren't as mainstream, 
Yeah. You know, and popularity. Although it's kind of like the Huey Lewis song right now. It's hip to be a square. It, exactly. It's, now it's, it's, it's everything we got made fun of as kids. You know, it's cool to be that way now. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of, it's kind of fun because every time, you know, like a superhero movie comes out or something like that, everyone's like, oh, I got to go find my nerdy friend to see if they can tell me about this. It's like, we're heroes now. And it's kind of awesome. Yeah. Tell me, is this is this like the comic books in the, in the movies? Well, no. Yeah, my, my wife does that to me all the time. Yeah. Matter of fact, like what you mentioned about hiding being a nerd, my wife didn't even realize how nerdy I was till after we were married. So she's <laughs> like, you kind of you kind of tricked me, but that's okay because I still like you and I still like the fact that you're nerdy. So, so yeah, don't be afraid to hide your nerd card. It's okay. But now you don't have to. Exactly. So I mean, I'm a big I'm a big advocate to you know talk about what you're passionate about. Yeah, I mean, if you enjoy it, I, I mean. Nerd sometimes comes with a negative connotation. And oh, like you sure. said, the, the, the definition is it's something that you're obsessed with. It's something you're, there's sports nerds and sports aren't considered yeah. in the same negative connotation as, you know, playing magic, the gathering or collecting, you know, action figures or, or pops or, you know, back when I was a kid, pogs, you know, stuff like that, yeah, same. you know, um, and sports doesn't get that negative connotation. Cause you know, in, school and college and stuff the the athletes were they're, they're the they're the top breed you know so to speak you know they're the they're the macho like they're the best built you know all this kind of stuff and uh we were talking before the show i've done bodybuilding shows i'm a giant yeah. nerd you know and yeah. and it's just a you gotta either grow into who you are and just let it be out there and talk about it and find like-minded people or, you know, hide. And you're not, if you're going to hide, you're not going to have as much fun. That's why I think your page is super awesome. That's super cool. Appreciate that. Yeah. We've got a Facebook page. We've got Twitter, Instagram, um, a Facebook group that actually is a little bit more visited than the page. And we also just started a discord. So okay. Cool. It's, and that's I'm all under sure. the nerds week moniker. Uh, Yeah. So that's the, where you find it. You just go to Facebook and type in Nerds Week and it'll pop up and Yeah. Okay. The Discord's Is there been any pretty special fun. requirements to join the group? Nope. You just send a request, we'll let you in and go from there. Cool. Um the Discord's kind of the same way because we'll share about you know what we're currently reading, what we're watching, uh, and just stuff like that. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. You get some top, you know, it's always good to find people to talk about what you're excited about. Cause you know, just oh, for sure. in your room by yourself, being excited <laughs> about something isn't as fun as being able to sit and go back and forth with theories and ideas and, you know, likes and dislikes. And I mean, that's, that's what makes it fun. Oh, for sure. Discussion. For sure. Exactly. That's why the five people that listen to this podcast, listen to this podcast is because they get to listen to something <laughs> funny, you know, funny about yeah, stuff that they enjoy, you know, there you go. So, um, yeah, so that's awesome. So everyone listening, you know, go to these different, uh, social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, discord, Instagram, look up nerds week, uh, go in there, have some discussion about the stuff you love, find some other people that love that stuff too. support this, uh, really cool page. Thanks, man. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Nerds got to help nerds. There you go. So, so uh, in preparation, we talked a little bit and we, uh, we, we kind of threw around some ideas for some topics. Um, we definitely have some 
differences in our readings right now and our TV watchings right now. I mean, I just found Westworld. I mean, I know a lot of people are well done and past Westworld, and I just found it. Yeah, it's it's been on my to watch list forever, oh. but unfortunately, my to watch list like grows every single day. <laughs> okay, well, just add Westworld. <laughs> Up oh, a yeah. couple notches. We started it and you know, I saw the previews and I was like, okay, so you're gonna get this kind of like sci-fi western thing. There's some like almost like steampunk, you know, that's what the trailers look like to me. Like you're gonna yeah, get yeah. this kind of robot, steampunk, kind of western sci-fi thing. And then we watched the first couple episodes and I went, What the fuck? I was not <laughs> right at all. And I was like, because I'm all down for like steampunk mixed in with like Western and I, I like that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah. we, we started watching this. And when I realized it wasn't really that, I was like, am I going to get turned off by that then? Because I went into it thinking, oh, I'm going to get some steampunk stuff and some, you know, this and that. And it wasn't that. And I was almost happier that it wasn't because what it gave me, I was like, holy shit, this is not at all <laughs> what I thought it was going to be. And it's actually really awesome. good so far into it. So That's put cool. that up a little higher on your list because I think I you'll dig it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of cool stuff about that show. So I definitely will definitely check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we talked a little... Uh, um, shows like you said and then uh, uh we did uh you said you were reading a couple of kind of independent comic stuff yeah um lately i've been kind of i haven't dealt with a lot of mainstream dc marvel stuff in a while so mm. i've been reading a lot of uh independent and lesser known comics kind of like a lot of a little bit of valiant i've read a lot of the faith books from valiant recently they're they're pretty good um, okay what's faith what's kind of like the quick what's faith kind of encompass? Uh, basically she is an overweight superhero and I think it's kind of to take away from the stigma of all superheroes have to be super in shape and oh that's cool and good looking and it's actually a really good book um they don't really serious or does it kind of have a comedy vibe to it or um it kind of goes right down the middle I would say okay basically they they point out the fact that she's over they don't really point it out but you can see just how she's drawn she's overweight yeah but that's not what the comic's about, which I really like. Like they don't focus on the fact that she's overweight. They just focus on the fact that she's a female superhero. And I, I really dig that. They don't have to like social justice warrior it into your face. They're just like, this is who right. she is. She's a superhero. That's all you need to know. And you don't have people like, you know, making fun of her because she's overweight. It's just, she's a hero and that's it. Yep. And that's awesome. I've, I've heard for years, it was a really good book. So I picked it up and it's, it's great. Um, and I actually have a lot of friends who are independent comic creators. Okay. So there's a lot, there's a lot of books that I've, uh, recently read that are really good. Um, there's a lot that I want to talk about, but I'll just point out a couple specifically that I've read recently. Um, my friend, Steven Prince, he has a comic called Monster Matador. Okay. It's basically, it's like, it's kind of like steampunk, right. not steampunk, not steampunk. It's like Pacific Rim, but okay. instead of Ye- instead of Jaegers, it's a like a matador who fights the monsters. Oh, that's so it's, interesting. It's that's a cool kind story. of a cool. It's a cool idea. So I really really like that a lot. Okay. Um, that's the oh man, there's so many. I just my mind has gone blank all of a sudden. But that was one that I've read recently that I really really liked. Um, I have a friend named Don. 
and I'm probably going to slaughter his last name, but it's Don Nigan, I believe. But he writes one called Pablo the Gorilla. Okay. Who's basically a, a gorilla who's half cyborg who delivers pizzas. Oh, really? It's, it's pretty it's it's pretty weird, but it's pretty awesome. Sometimes weird is the best stuff. Like, you yeah. know, when, when you read a comic book, you want to be transported to something that's not real. Oh, you, for sure. You want a fantasy world that's, you know, it strikes up a bunch of ideas in your imagination. So that's really cool. So now is yeah. that one obviously a little bit more of a funny type vibe? Yeah. Kind of a Ninja yeah, Turtle type um, vibe maybe? It, well, it's a little bit serious, but it's more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, another book that I've read a lot recently, um, Astro City. I don't okay. know if you've ever read Astro City. I haven't. Astro City is incredible. Um, basically, every down. book is a collection of short stories from heroes and villains inside this city. So there's all these big events that are going around in one city. Um, okay. And you'll have like one volume that's about a superhero named um, the Samaritan, who's kind of a Superman type character. And then the next book is all about a villain. And then you've got another book that's just from the point of view of just a regular person. So it's kind of like the, um, that uh, was it love death and robots on Netflix where it's the series Um, of different stories. Kind of, because they're all different stories, but they, they all take place in the same town. Yep, and they do they so it, eventually kind of tie together each other's storylines at all or cross paths? Yeah, um, some of it kind of does, or some of it you'll see from a perspective of a different person. Like you'll read one story that's from the perspective of a hero, but then later on you'll read that same story from the perspective of just like a regular person. Oh, cool. So kind of cool. interesting. And actually, um, it kind of inspired me to create my own series that I write with my friend. Okay, um, cool. My Let's best talk friend about Ken it. Stevens. Shout out to my best friend Ken Stevens. Okay. Um, we write something called Tales from Spartan City. Okay. Um, basically it's heroes and villains that we're making up. So it's all our own original characters. Um, we just released quote unquote issue 17 today. That's um, ridiculous. You know 17 is my number. I did not know that. <laughs> tattooed on my face. Well, that's that's kind of a perfect perfect timing. <laughs> there you go. You might as well shout it out on the podcast here. Yeah. So, Tales from Spartan City is a no, I got superhero. It's a superhero story, short stories that uh, we try and release every couple of weeks. Um, the website is talesfromspartancity.blogspot.com. Um, we have them numbered so you can read them in order because. Okay. Each story is about different characters, but they all tie together and they all take place in the same city, okay, which is cool. Spartan City. So what what kind of, so with a name like Spartan City, are we talking like Roman type uh, aesthetic or is that just Spartan That's like just, warrior type aesthetic? Um, so it's a modern day city. Okay. Um, we haven't really revealed why it's called Spartan City just yet. We're kind okay. of just about there. The the season, the season finale, issue twenty, will be released in a couple of weeks. Um, Very cool, and that'll that'll kind of explain things a little bit. But we have uh, a villain that's basically kind of like uh, a mix of the Kingpin and Frozone from The Incredibles. Okay, his name, his name is Shiver. Oh, nice, nice. Um, 
today we just introduced uh, Pablo Casanova, the space adventurer. He's he has kind of a Han Solo vibe to him. Okay, cool. Um, Rapido Loco is our speedster. He's a he's a luchador. He's modeled after like a luchador wrestler. Okay, his name neat. is his name is his name is Rapido Loco because he's crazy fast. Nice. Yeah, just, I like just it. Weird characters like that. No, um, that's awesome. We have a, a kid who befriends a, a psionic duck who can he can talk to by reading his mind. So it's pretty cool. Oh, that's very cool. It's yeah, so it's, imaginative. I love it. There's um, a lot of crazy stuff. Um, today we also introduced Chlorophyll Bill, who's kind of a mix of like he's kind of like uh Bushroot from Darkwing Duck if okay. Bushroot was a good guy. Okay. Okay. So just weird and crazy characters like that. Um we introduced a bad guy, Silly Putty, a few weeks ago, who's basically Mr. Fantastic, but dressed up like a clown, and he's a bad guy. Okay. So a lot oh, of crazy wow. characters. Really but cool it's, characters. It's really fun. Um. So now, and this is just straight writing. You don't have artwork with it? Not right now, we don't. It's all just straight writing. We release it for free on the internet. Um. But yeah, it's it's fun to do. That's really cool, and 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 uh, I'm definitely gonna go check it out and start reading it. Yeah, let me know. That sounds oh, absolutely. I um, it's funny that you know you talk about how you guys are writing these short stories. Um, probably ten years back, twelve years back. About twelve years back, I wrote like an 800-page book. Oh, right on. Um, it is a I don't even know how to categorize it. It is fantasy fiction. It is. Um, I wrote it when I was writing it. Funny story about it was I came home. I worked the overnight shift. I've worked overnights for 20 years. Um, I came home one morning. I sat down at the at the on the couch, put my laptop on the coffee table, and I was falling asleep. And while I was falling asleep, I started. I just opened up Microsoft Word and I started writing <laughs> just random nothingness. And uh, at that time, my my younger brother was living with me in my house and uh i fell asleep on the couch sitting up laptop back on the coffee table you know head rock backed and he wakes me up he's like hey what what is that that you wrote there and i was like oh i, I don't know and i kind of was like looking at it trying to read what you know i had even written in my fallen asleep state and he was like are you gonna finish that and i was like well i hadn't really planned on it i was just random scribble you know as far as i was concerned and uh Day after day, I added to it, telling myself the story as I was typing. Right on. So it was, um, you know, I'd sit down. I was like, all right, so this happened last time I sat down and wrote. And that turned into this happening and this character being introduced. And like, and uh, as of late, actually, I've been sitting down and thinking about it because initially I had sent it out and I had a few offers on it. But some of the stuff they wanted to change, I wasn't willing to change. So I said, no, and I don't want to do that at this time. Um, I've got, you know, once my physical body goes, maybe that's when the time for the book will come. Um, and lately I had been sitting down and thinking about it and it reads, it reads like a book, but the visual in it, I was listening to a lot of music while I was writing it. And you can almost, if you play the song that I was listening to, and I made note of that while I was writing, what I was listening to when I was writing each, each section, it feels like I was writing based on the rhythm of the music 
that I was listening to. Um, oh, nice. So it almost plays out the action sequences and stuff. I wrote them how I would visually want to see them if they were in a movie to not disappoint fans. You know, like if I was a fan and I was reading this book and I went to the movies and they changed it to this instead of how it was written, I was like, I'm writing it so that this is how it's going to look in your head and you're not going to be disappointed like you would if you went to the theater and visualized it and we're like, oh, that's not how I wanted it to look and how I wanted to feel about it. Um, so lately I've been sitting down and I'm like, is this a graphic novel? And been thinking about, do I need to sit down and turn, turn this into a graphic novel and a, you know, full on illustrated graphic novel book? You know, I actually know a lot of people that do that. Um, I mean, if you can't get it made in one medium, you might as well get it made in a different medium, you know? And it's funny that you mention um, lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, it's funny that you mentioned about writing it the way that you want people to view it so they're not disappointed. That's kind of how we write Spartan City. We don't really put a lot of character descriptions. We don't really spend a lot of time describing what the characters look like because, mm -hmm. you know, when you read when you read a book, and for example, we'll just use we'll just use Harry Potter. I'm glad you did that because I'm gonna gripe about a Harry Potter issue. <laughs> Well, this, well, this, this is what I'm, well, we'll just focus on Harry Potter. You read Harry Potter, you read each of the characters, you get a picture in your mind of what you think mm -hmm. that they look like. You go to the movie and it looks nothing like your headcanon. And that's exactly what we didn't want to do. So it's like, if, if you read my character shiver and you think he looks a certain way, then that's how he looks to you. Mm -hmm. He may look different to me, but that's okay. Yep. So basically that's what we wanted to do was let everyone. And that's probably part of the reason why we don't have any artwork yet. It was just, it was kind of a, this is what this character looks like to you. That's totally cool. But we didn't want to focus a lot of time on, you know, building up how the character looks. We just wanted to tell stories. That makes sense. And that's cool because it, it, that also gives you more time to, to, real in the story and not so much on focusing on right. of the visual of a character you you create that character no matter even if someone tells you exactly what that character looks like you're not going to imagine it exactly how they did when they described it to you, you exactly know, have our own. and uh you know when i described my characters in my book i did that what um what i've the other part of me saying like i wrote my action scenes very very descriptive so like you could really visualize it as close as i could get you to as to how i was visualizing it because I yeah. felt like that's the purest way to be excited about it and For going sure. back to your harry potter uh topic of like character development and how you read and how you view i also wrote my action sequences because a harry potter movie actually really really visually let me down in the fifth Harry Potter book, Order of the Phoenix, the first fight between Voldemort and Dumbledore in the Ministry yeah. of Magic, Dumbledore mm -hmm. brings the fountain alive. The three statues in the fountain come to life. One is with a shield and he guards Harry, and one's an archer, and the other one, I believe, is just a, a wizard and is firing shots at Voldemort. And in the movie, they just had him do Cross the Streams Ghostbuster style, and that was it. Yeah. 
And I, so when I start, when I was writing parts of my book, I was thinking about that. And I was like, I will not write so that like, I wanted to write it so that if, and of course this is such a humongous long shot for anybody, if it were ever to be made into a TV series or movie or something, they wouldn't be able to change it visually. It has to be done the way that I wrote it. And that's kind of what I did with mine. So that's when, that's when thinking about doing a graphic novel, I'm like, it's going to be visually cool because I wrote it. So it has to be that way. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I'll have to send you over a PDF so you can. Sweet. Yeah. Check it Please out. Do. It's, it's awesome. long. It's long. That's okay. And my, my wife doesn't read. And when we first started dating, uh, she read it in like three days. And wow. she was like, and so there's a sequel. And I was like, well, not, no, no. <laughs> Because I also, I like to think of myself as the not cheap George R. R. Martin. Like, I'm not just going to wipe out characters because I can. Yeah. But at the end, I didn't give the reader exactly what you wanted. Like, I was like, this is how I wanted it to end. And I'm sticking to it. I'm not going to fan service you just because you want it to end this way. Um, That's fair. Not that it's a bad ending, but uh, yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, so way back when, I mean, even I got into the writing. I mean, I was a British literature major in college, so it makes sense. But oh, nice. And now I'm doing hard labor, so it paid off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh. yeah writing's a love-hate relationship with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing. Well, I, you know, I'm into art, too. I draw. I've actually had offers to be a tattoo apprentice. Right and I mean, maybe eventually I'll walk that path. That's but cool. Um, there's nothing worse than writer's block, drawing block. Like, that's definitely a hate with those two things. (laughs) When you're sitting there and you're like, I'm ready to go. I put this time aside to do this. I'm going to do it. And then you sit there and you're like, I don't fucking know. Like, I'm done with it. I I can't. Yep. (laughs) I totally feel that. So, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Do you have any other, uh, did you have any other books or anything, any other uh, independent writers or anything that you want to throw out there? Um, Not to put you on the spot. There's lots I've got. No, you're good. Uh, Morgan Iverson, Danny Quick. Um, woo, there's so many. Chad Perkins. Um, Wes Hartman, Garrett Gunn. Wes Hartman does a book called Savage Sasquanaut that's basically Bigfoot in space. Oh, that's awesome. And it's incredible. That's so cool. Like, I love the, <laughs> um, the Garrett, Garrett Gunn does. Yeah, Garrett Gunn does one called Warcorns, which is basically unicorns in the army. Okay. Um, my friend Morgan does one called um, Lumberjacks, which is basically just a, a take. For me, it was kind of a take on the Punisher with okay. a lot of African vibes, which uh, is pretty cool. Um, That's awesome. And uh, Danny Quick does one called Ace Blade, who's who's a martial arts fighter turned, or not martial arts, but a, a MMA fighter turned into a, a superhero, which is pretty cool. Oh, nice. Oh, and that's a hot topic right now. I mean, what's more yeah, popular than MMA? You know? Exactly. And we, I've, we could go on for days on how many of my friends that I've got that, that write comics. That's awesome. But, I don't uh, have any friends that write comics. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of comics, um, 
I listened to your first episode about Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Last Ronin. We need to talk about Last Ronin because it was awesome. Um, You've read it's it? It's funny because listening to... I have read it. So did you... It was you, incredible. Just tell me I didn't spoil it for you, that you listened to the spoiler warnings. No. Okay. No, I, I had already read it before then. But I haven't actually found anyone that had the same opinion as me until I listened to your podcast. Okay. I I agreed with everything you said. Um, growing up, Mikey and Donnie were always my favorite because Donnie had glasses like me. So I, I kind of related with characters that had glasses. Yep, that, that um, makes sense. Michelangelo. Michelangelo, I liked him because kind of like what you said, everyone likes the fun guy, the fun loving guy, and everyone it kind of just he was that guy that you wanted to be friends with. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know what? As I've, so yeah. as I've matured, well, matured, I'm going to say loosely. Um, as I've gotten <laughs> older, you realize Mikey really is the glue that holds the team together. He is the heart sure. of the Ninja Turtles. Like, I, I mean, it, when push comes to shove, when they're in fighting, when the four of them are having feuds within each other, with, I mean, obviously we see Raphael and Leonardo constantly bickering between the two of them. And yeah. Mikey has that ability to reach out to each turtle individually in the way they need to be talked to, in the way they need to be reached yeah. out to. Because Donatello is just going to say, oh, Leo and Raph are fighting. I'm out. I got something to work on. And yep. Raph is going <laughs> to run away and go get into a fight he doesn't need to get into. Leonardo is going to go yeah. do push-ups in the dojo because it's all about training. And Mikey <laughs> knows how to go yep. and connect with each one of them when they need him to. So he really yeah. is the glue that kind of keeps them coming back to each other when they need to. Um, yeah, and I agree with you. Um, when I heard it, because I had been a Turtles fan growing up, and when I heard that the one of the original creators was coming back to do this book, I'm like, I have to read this. Because yeah. the, the whole theory behind it was an incredible idea. And the fact that you had no idea which turtle was a survivor was awesome. And I was like you. I thought... Story-wise, Raphael and Leonardo don't make sense because, it's too like easy. you said, Ra yeah, it's it's too easy. I mean, you can't just say that Raphael is the last one; he's just going to go get revenge on everybody. That's to me that felt kind of like like lazy storytelling. Well, Leonardo, Leonardo was kind of the same way because we've already seen Leonardo be kind of like the silent loner, and like like in the first movie, you kind of see that he's just like the loner guy that's trying to take everything and be responsible for everything. I thought it would have been fun, like you said, to do Donnie or Michelangelo because those two never really have taken that much of a leadership role. Mm -hmm. And Donnie would have been fun, but I still think going with Michelangelo, I think is a better way to go. Well, don't Just you because think of the fact that he's he's never really been in that role nope. he's always kind of been the one that they kicked around to the side and he's always being bossed around but now it's just him yep and and uh you know don't you think donatello would have just used machines he would have built a mech yeah he he would have spent a whole bunch of time trying to plan what to do to get revenge yep but and michelangelo he's gonna go out and try and do something yeah and i mean you know, I think, I can't remember if it's, I think it might be in some of the earlier Mirage comics, there's actually a, um, 
a little word bubble uh, from Splinter that says Michelangelo is purely the most talented of the four brothers. Yeah. And I mean, he, I mean they kind of display that. He, he was always doing, you know, athletic stuff. He, yeah. he was clearly the most athletic. Maybe oh, not, sure. you know, fight-wise, but athleticism in, in general, he, he yeah. was very much so. And so I mean, as much as I would have loved to see giant turtle mechs, because I mean, who doesn't want to see giant robots? That would be pretty um, cool. I, I, I agree with you. I think Michelangelo was a better way to go story-wise. It was more interesting story-wise to go with Michelangelo than Donatello. So I don't, I don't know if I've heard anyone else basically say it the same way. So I thought that was kind of, kind of neat that you and I basically had the same opinion. Yeah. Um, so now here's in, in anticipation for issue two. Um, I had some thoughts on it. Because I okay. have started reading the IDW run from issue one. Yeah. Where do they put, is Last Ronin just going to not be canon? Or is that what's going to end the series? And when they get to the point where they're like, we're no, we're coming to an end, Last Ronin. It, that's a good question. I actually have been meaning to start the IDW run. I think I'm going to start it here pretty soon. But It's fantastic. I think it is the best storytelling of any turtle incarnation there's been that's what i've heard i almost wonder if they're gonna play last ronin kind of like an old man logan thing it makes me wonder fantastic if it's, bring up i love that story yeah. it really makes me wonder if it's not necessarily going to be canon but it's not necessarily not going to be canon so here being do you know what happened do you know anything about the idw run I know about the sister. That's really okay. All I know. That's what I was alluding to. <laughs> yeah, that's all I know. So, Last Ronin could technically, technically be in a time frame where she still exists as well. And we saw that's the true. ghosts of the three brothers. We did not see Jenica, and we don't see her weapons either. No. So then, it's it's hard. That's that's kind of why I say it, it could be canon and it might not be because they don't ever address that <clears throat> they don't ever address that at all so how interesting would it be if as beat up as michelangelo is in that bed when he wakes up and sees april if he fucking dies in the bed and jenica is issue two and she's the last ronin that would be cool um it'd be ballsy I, it would take a I, lot yeah, of balls to go that route for sure um Another thing that I thought of was what if the person that killed the other turtles was Jenica? But we've already alluded to that Karaya's in that like stasis chamber thing. Right. We don't know if she's dead or alive or if, I mean, it really doesn't, because he says, I wanted you to be here to see me take over the city, basically, to win. Yeah, that's true. But we don't really know if she's the reason that they're dead. We don't know. So I wonder, but I mean, what we've alluded, yeah, you're right. It could have been that, um, God, now I'm not going to remember his name. It's it's Shredder's son. No, it's Karai's son. Yeah, yeah, Karai's son. It's Karai's son. Shredder's grandson. Sh Shredder's grandson. We don't yeah. know if he actually killed them. Right. But they've also brought up Stockman a couple times. Yeah. And we don't know if Stockman did it or is part of doing it. Um. We don't know where other some of the other main players are, like where Bebop and Rock City, where the Utrums. Yeah. Um, 
for the people listening that aren't familiar with Utrums are, uh, Krang in the cartoon series that we all grew up with is an Utrum. Um, the Triceratons were big in the Mirage run, and this story was actually written while Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird were still together. This was actually supposed to release in like 88. Oh, wow. And they revised it for modern, you know, IDW run to kind of correlate with the character development that they've done there. Um, this was like, they wrote this and it just kind of got thrown to the wayside because the cartoon popped off the toy line. I mean, you know, what franchise really based on a comic book and a toy line is really bigger than turtles. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you could say Avengers now with the MCU, you could say, you know, all those characters and stuff, but turtles has just been running since it started. Yeah. There's never really been a break. Not really. They don't really take a break. They kind of just switch gears. And you always like for me as a as a toy collector, when I go into stores, there's always Ninja Turtle toys. Yeah. He-Man comes and goes, you know, this, you know, whatever iteration of whatever King Kong, Jurassic Park, all that stuff comes and goes, comes, goes back, you know. Turtles is always there. Yep. Always. Um, yeah, I, I thought I I find myself what's great about the last Ronin is I find myself every once in a while when I go back and read it or sit and just kind of think about it, I'm like, oh, they could do this, or they could do this, or they could, like, it's really been one of those comic books, um, and it's been a long time since I've had one of those comic books that makes me sit down and go, I'm actually excited to find out what happens, because I can't stand it, like, I need to, to like, yeah. know, and I mean, <laughs> I think a lot of people were like, oh, I didn't want the last Ronin to be revealed until the last issue, and I'm like, no, 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 you want to know no. who's struggling through all of this, yep. because it creates a, a connection to that character for yep. the next four issues exactly um so yeah I'm, I'm glad you brought up last ronin because that uh, honestly is it's one of the best books that i've read in a super long time especially for your mainstream comic runs yeah um, the only other comic that i say really rivals that they've had to build up for like over a year um what jonathan hickman has done with the powers of 10 and house of x to reignite the x-men universe is phenomenal and he is just a genius with what he's done to reshape that universe but uh donny cates and writing venom um last in 2019 i believe they did the absolute carnage event i don't know if you're familiar with it much um no i've i heard i remember hearing about it so basically, Carnage is going around and everyone that's ever been infected by a symbiote, he's going and getting this basically gene out of them so that he has them all. And once he has them all, there is a symbiote god called Null that will awaken and arrive on Earth. So they finished up the absolute Carnage thing. And spoiler alerts, if you haven't read it, it's been over a year. So that's all you need. Uh, <laughs> unless you don't want it spoiled. No, it's fine. Go ahead. Um Last showdown is between Eddie Brock, Venom, and Carnage. Carnage tells him, either give up the gene to me, and Null wakes up. But if you kill me, then you have all the genes, and Null wakes up. So now Eddie wow. Brock is going to wake up Null no matter what he does. That's crazy. So he uses his Venom symbiote to create, like, basically a knife, and he cuts Carnage in half, and... He's like, well, at least we stopped one monster. That's wild. Um, so then this year, last month, I believe, was the first issue of King of Black, which is Null arriving on Earth. 
And that whole year gap, Venom has been running around telling all of Earth's like heroes, Avengers, what have you, like this dude's coming. We got to be ready. And literally the first issue comes and he kills, dare I say, the most powerful Marvel Universe character in one picture. Wow. So I don't know how they're going to write their ways out of it. <laughs> and it's so it's got me just absolutely captured. Like, I'm so excited to read everything that they're going to put out for the King in Black. That's cool. Because it's finally a big bad that is like untouchable and they have to write themselves out of it. They can't just say, like, the Avengers are going to team up and beat them because they use teamwork. You know, like your, your basic way of writing yourself out of anything. Someone's going to figure out a new power. No, they got to write their way out because this dude is absolutely devastating the Marvel Universe right now. Wow. It's crazy. And they'd be dumb if, you know, phase four or five down the MCU, this is a big bad that's going to make you feel the same kind of terror we felt with Thanos. That sounds So they sounds have a new guy to their dis- You know, if they write this well enough, they've got a new character for the movies at their disposal. That's cool. So, well, um, not to get... You know, we started talking about the Ronin, so let's talk a little TMNT. You said you were a big fan growing up. Yeah, um, as a kid, was big into turtles. Um, had all the toys. Well, not all the toys. I had a lot of the toys, but uh, yeah, Saturday morning cartoons was pretty big for me. Um, yeah, turtles, turtles, Darkwing Duck, uh, gargoyles, stuff like that, all yeah. huge. Oh yeah, me. Basically, anything that was even remotely similar to a superhero, yeah, you could definitely count me in for sure. Like I've said uh, on probably every episode of my podcast so far, uh, when turtles hit, you made an anthropomorphic animal with abilities (laughs) of some sort, and you had gold. Like it, it was. I mean, uh, I think it's Ryan Brown. I think is the name. He worked on the turtles cartoon. And created Cowboys of Mumesa. Yep, I remember that one too. <laughs> so, I mean, it was literally, you just picked an animal, you made a team of four of them, and they were buddies or brothers or whatever, and they fought bad guys that were other animals that were anthropomorphic, and you, yeah, you had was, a series. There was that one. There was um, Street Sharks, Biker Mice from Mars. Yep. The, even the Mighty Ducks cartoon was awesome. Yeah, yeah, the Mighty Ducks cartoon. I mean, they literally took... Um, anthropomorphic ducks and made them this hockey team but they were like warriors in that cartoon yeah matter of fact when when we first got disney plus that was the very first thing i watched was the mighty ducks cartoon oh really (laughs) like everyone's like oh i'm watching this or i'm watching this i'm like nope they got the mighty ducks cartoon i'm all over it i went back and watched 90s x-men that i did too i've watched a few of the spider-man animated series too and i'm not a big spider-man guy I when I was growing up, Spider Man was pretty big. Spider Man and Green Lantern were my big my big two. So I've I've watched a little. I've rewatched a little of the Spider Man um, on Disney Plus, but I haven't really gotten super into it yet. Yeah, and like, like I know a lot of people talk about uh, was it Spider Man and his friends or Spider Man and his amazing friends, where it's Iceman yeah. and uh, uh, Firestar. I think so. I can't yeah. remember. See, and I started watching that, and maybe I'm a little bit of a snob, but I don't like the animation, so I'm like, eh, I just can't get into That's it. Fair. That's um, fair. Not saying it's bad. I just, 
I'm right. so visual. I, I have to, that's for me with comics too. If I open up a comic book and I, I just can't hang with the artwork, like it's just not my vibe. Not that that's it's okay. bad. It's just got to appeal to me. Yeah. Um, Every, everything is made for a certain audience and that audience is not everybody. So it's yep. okay. So like people will be like, oh, this storyline is amazing. And I'll go pick up an issue from it. And I'm like, I just want the art to be more for me, I guess that might be selfish, but like, maybe it's more i don't vibe with the art i appreciate the story it's cool but it would capture yeah. me more if i love the art and the story yep for sure so i'm with that i'm with that on cartoons as well um but yep. yeah 90s turtles cartoons were i mean they were everything right i mean oh for sure and the, the, you know going back as an adult and as an adult collector now i realize and i've said this on on the show as well uh, the cartoon was a catalyst for mutant of the week we got a new mutant bad guy yep. or a new mutant uh, ally every week and then yep. a couple weeks down the road you went to pick up your ninja turtle action figure from you know the toy store and on the back there's that bubble with that new character that we just saw in the episode a couple <laughs> weeks previous it's good marketing man but i mean i've also heard that uh as far as the cartoon goes that uh kevin eastman and peter laird weren't in love with the cartoon yeah, I don't know. Um, because the Mirage comic turtles were very different. Very different. Yeah, I've Red read. Dies in the of, first episode. Yeah, I've read comic. a couple of the vo- I've read a couple of the volumes of that, and it's it's a huge difference. <laughs> have you got to the Have you got to the Mirage issue where uh, they introduce Clunk, Mikey's cat? No, I don't think so. That might be Tales of the TMNT, though. That might not be the main Mirage run. If you want to be a full-grown adult crying on your couch while you're reading a comic book, read the clunk story. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's good writing, and it invokes the emotion it's supposed to. But it, sure. if you don't cry, you're you're endlessly soulless. Like, it's bad. <laughs> um, wow. I've heard people say that, and I was like, "It's a comic book. I'm not going to cry." And then I, you know, looked it up online, and I read it, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm crying." Like, <laughs> it's just what it is. Um, yeah, but I've heard that they thought that they were a little too goofy and that um, they weren't as in love with pizza as the cartoon made them out to be. Mm. The pizza thing got a little out of hand, but that was marketing. You know, it was like, oh, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, what is it, Domino's in the first movie? And then it shifts, I think, in the 90s to a, to Pizza Hut was the uh, end Yeah, I want to say... That's what I want to say is it went from Domino's to Pizza Hut. I can't. Because the musical mutagen tour, the coming out of our shells tour was sponsored by Pizza Hut. Yeah, that would make sense. Have you ever watched that? I have not watched that. Because I I saw the the cassette tape from Pizza Hut that you got. Yeah. You know, you could get. Um, I saw the figures from that, but I haven't seen the. God, I've been, I'm actually looking for them. The NECA figures yeah for the music it never showed up at our target we never That's got crazy. any and i that want sucks. them so bad because <laughs> I, I don't i'm not a big proponent of neca action yeah. figures um there and it's here's a funny story about that the the, the guy that runs neca i'm not going to throw names out we don't need to sure. do that he's an asshole he treats okay. his customers like crap he goes on social media he trolls he, he just doesn't treat people the way they should be treated when they're your customers, when they're your fans. Awesome. And uh, 
when they've had QC issues or shipping issues or, you know, delays instead of um, updating people, making, you know, hey, this is what happened. We need a little time. Okay, cool. You know, thanks for letting us yeah. know. Now we know. Instead, yeah, he'll sure. he'll troll when people are asking. And awesome. It's just a horrible way to treat people that are spending their hard-earned money on your products. Um, but uh, now I'm off my train of thought because I wanted to talk about that. Um, so NECA toys, <laughs> in other words, uh, the one issue I have with NECA toys is that is the is that and you know like any other brand of anything there's sometimes you run into qc issues it happens it's not a perfect world shit happens um that being said their movie turtle line that are from the 90s movies oh it's beautiful their figures are awesome <laughs> i cannot i do not want to give a company that treats customers the way they do my money but i can't resist because yeah, they're they're, be they're beautiful if you ask me to collect any of their other toy lines that I'm not interested in just because they're nice toys, I'd say no because of the way they treat people. But yeah. because they're making the turtles and I have, and turtles are so close to my heart, I can't say no. At least yeah, for the movie right. ones. Uh, they do also make the tune, the like based off the cartoons that we grew up with. They're making yeah. a whole line of that. I picked up Krang um, and his Android body and um, a couple other little pieces, and I like it. But if I don't complete it, I won't be mad. If I run yeah. into it in the store, cool, I'll grab it. But I'm not going to seek it out just because that's where I'm going to like stand my ground on NECA. You know, I'll get all the movie turtles I can. But the mute, the musical tour ones, I wanted desperately, and they just never showed up in our our uh, neck of the woods here. Yeah, I heard they're pretty hard to find. Well, there were actually a Comic Con exclusive. But because there was no physical Comic Con, yeah, they they became a Target exclusive. Yeah, and Target hasn't been known as of late to treat their exclusives very well. There actually is a lot of negative um, negative feelings towards Target right now because they're running the six inch GI Joe line too. Oh wow! And GI Joe fans are they're they're desperate for their Joes. Oh man. Um, and, and, and Joes is a line where there's characters that people want to army build and scalpers are getting these army builders before the fans can get them. Yeah. $20 figure at retail is selling for 150 on eBay. Wow. How are you supposed to get two army builders for $300? Yeah. It's wild. You know, that's a lot of scratch for two $20 figures. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah. So um, you said you collected the uh, the Playmates Turtle toys when you were a kid. Yeah, uh, my dad kind of got me into that. Um, my dad was a huge toy collector growing up. Oh, really? Uh, when I was when I was growing up, yeah. Um, in our, but he never opened any of them, and so oh, so he, he was a mint on card collector. Oh yeah, so like in our basement, our walls would be just like covered in figures everywhere. Okay. And so my friend, my friends always wanted to come over and look at them just because they were so cool to look at. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like wallpaper. They were all over yep. the walls in our in our basement. It was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of figures like that growing up just because my dad, I think it maybe even gave him an excuse to buy some for himself because so I could have some too. <laughs> nice. So he could actually, so now when he bought them for you, did you open them and play with them? 
Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So he wanted to see what they were like when they were out of the package. Yeah, I think so. His card. <laughs> I used to be a Minton card collector myself. Yeah. And then I was like, these aren't fun in the package. I don't care anymore. I'm yeah, man. And playing with you got you got to let them breathe. You got to. I mean, they're action figures. They're supposed to be put into action. Yep. You got to let them breathe. So I, at one point in time, I had a bunch of uh, 2000 or 200X uh, Masters of the Universe all carded, almost the full set. Um, I had some of the uh, the Masters Classics, which is a seven inch, really articulated line. Um, I had a bunch of those on card. And uh, one day talking to my wife, I was like, should I open them? She was like, they're action figures. They come with extra hands and extra head sculpts and like weapons and stuff. You can't you don't get anything out of those if they sit in the package. And we sat on the living room floor and opened like 50 boxes of action figures all in one sitting. And it was, oh, it was man. insane. That sounds awesome. It was the best non-Christmas Christmas ever. That's awesome. Um, do you still have any vintage turtles? Um, I don't No. I, when I, when I left, I had left him at home and then I think due to, you know, people moving around and shit and stuff, they got lost or something. I'm not sure. I'm really kind of bummed that I don't have any of those anymore. But, yeah, it would have been cool to have some still. Have you ever thought about, uh, you know, checking out vintage toy stores or, you know, Craigslist or anything like that and getting a few of them? Um, I've thought about that, especially with the new ones that are coming out that are basically just revamps of the old ones from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I just haven't pulled the trigger yet. I've, yeah. I've definitely seriously considered it though. Well, cause there's another company. Um, have you ever heard of super seven? No, it's a toy company and they actually, now they have the rights to, so Ninja Turtles is one of those companies that like multiple people have the rights to produce licensed Ninja Turtle product. And there's two companies. So NECA is producing the movie turtle line and the uh, Toon Turtles. Super 7 is making six inch, six and a half inch, I'd say, uh, really well articulated Ninja Turtle figures, but they're based on the Playmate toy line. Oh. So they're meant to look not like the cartoons or the movies. They're meant to look like the toys that we had when we were kids. Interesting. Um, and they just started that last year. Um, wow. And they do pre-orders. You can go on like Big Bad Toy Store or Super7.com and, and pre-order them. And you can pre-order whole waves or you can pick and choose which, you know, characters you want. And they usually release, you know, one wave every like three or four months. And there's four figures per a wave. And That's they're cool. really, really nice. Jenna, why don't you grab like the Raphael and Baxter from it? Because he'll recognize, he'll definitely recognize the the look of them. Um <laughs> So from your vintage, uh, or from your childhood, I should say, uh, from the Turtles toy line, did you have any favorite figures that just went everywhere with you? Uh, Casey Jones. Everyone says Casey fa- Jones. He was my favorite, man. What can He's I say? He's everyone's He's favorite. Awesome. He was awesome. He is awesome. Um, yeah, probably definitely him and maybe Michelangelo, but yeah, definitely Casey Jones. I got a lot of use out of him. Any of the weirder characters that you had that you can remember really liking, or I don't think I had any of the crazy characters. They did. Um, I had friends that had the weird ones. Um, I can't remember his name, but he was the the ooze monster guy. I can't remember his name. Muckman. Yes, 
I had a couple of friends that had him. And yeah, the garbage cool. can on his back and yeah. no eyeballs sat in it. Yeah, yeah. Super um, Seven just released him as one of their upcoming figures. Uh, that's cool. Um, I think I had Metalhead. Oh, yep. These are the Super cool. Seven. That's cool. That They're doing a great cool. job with these. Like, here, here you go. Here's the Baxter Stockman from Super 7. Oh, that looks amazing. It looks just like the toy. Like just from when like we were it. kids. Holy cow. Except for this one, you can actually pose and he'll stand on his own. That's awesome. Yeah, they're doing a fantastic job with these. Splinter. That's just like the one from when we were kids. Actually, the accessories look better. <laughs> they just updated paint and sculpt. They made them look better and cleaner. And, you know, they painted those details because you remember the old toys. You'd have like a wrench painted on a belt or or on a belt, but it yeah. wouldn't be painted. It'd, the whole belt would just be red. They're painting yeah. all those, you know, little details and that's cool to be, you know, stand out. So you said um, you said Muckman. Muckman uh, was one of the weirder ones you remember really enjoying. Yeah, um, and matter of fact, in the the 2012 Ninja Turtles. Um, they brought a lot of those weird characters in and they actually did an episode with Muckman that was incredible way to explain his origin story. But that, that is probably my favorite turtles incarnation since the one when we were kids, just because of the way that every story kind of tied together and they'd bring characters back. Like they did a really cool story where they introduced slash and in his origin okay. and they introduced, they introduced uh, the Triceratons in one episode and they brought in um, Mondo Gecko in a really cool way. So if you haven't watched that one, it was I think it was the very first one Nickelodeon did. Um, there were I think five seasons of it or six, but okay, it was it was incredible. And that's the you said two thousand. Didn't you say that was on Hulu? Yeah, that's where I watched it was Hulu. Okay, I'm gonna have to look that up because I don't think I've ever seen that. And I I was I was a sucker for like. I like the four turtles. I like Casey Jones. I like, you know, some of the main players. I was so into the like weird, obscure characters. Like my favorite toy from that Playmates toy line was Wingnut and Screwloose. Oh yeah. I loved Wingnut and Screwloose. Yeah. And those were fun. For whatever reason, Pizza Face. Do you remember Pizza Face? I do remember. He was pizza a face. chef, and he had the, pe- the peg <laughs> leg with the pizza box for a foot. Yeah, I do remember that I, one. I, and I mean, they'll—I don't think they've ever done anything with that as far as a character in the comics or cartoons. Not that, Not I, that I can remember, remember, at least. Yeah, so. agreed. And then we just actually, before we uh, started recording here, we talked about these guys. Yep. Tolkan Razar. Yeah, that's awesome. And I heard they just introduced them in the comics too. They're about they were, to come. Like next issue. In, introduce them to Bebop and Rocksteady, right? What's that? I think they're going to introduce them to Bebop and Rocksteady, right? So I actually, I, so I have been buying the hardcover collections from the IDW and I yeah. have the first and second volume. So I think I'm through like episode or issue like 14 ish, but I have been going to my comic shop and, um, telling them put the new issues in my box so that I can, you know, once I get to that point with the hardcovers, then I have the regular issues after that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the last I paged through the uh, newest issue. And at the end, 
um, you see Tokan Razar in a cage. They, they so show cool. him in the cage and they're like, <laughs> you know who they are. You like, you, yeah, kind of like low lit and it's kind of silhouetted and stuff, but you're like, that's Tokan Razar, like they're coming. Um, oh, that's so cool. And so, I not not knowing the context of the story because I didn't read it because I'm not there yet in the story. Um, I don't know for sure how, the, like, if they're just going to be like, all right, here, open the cage door, go get them, like, go fight, or if you know, gotcha. this is going to be like a feud between, like you said, Bebop and Rocksteady. Um, because if you remember back when we were kids and this movie was coming out, yeah, we all thought we were going to get Bebop and Rocksteady. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I've actually heard something about why we didn't. Really? Kevin Eastman hates Bebop and Rocksteady. Really? Yeah. Huh. I and don't they think did I knew not that. want them to use... They were supposed to be Bebop and Rocksteady. The movie was designed for them to be Bebop and Rocksteady. And interesting. I think it was Kevin Eastman. I can't remember if it was Kevin. E- no, I'm pretty sure it was Kevin Eastman. Had said, "I don't want. I don't want those characters in the movie." So they had to create two brand new big mutants to, to do for the movie. That that would make sense, actually. Yeah, it would have been for Bebop and Rock City. Yeah, because why wouldn't you do Bebop and Rock City there? I remember thinking that as a you know a nine year old kid. Yeah. Like, okay, these guys are kind of cool, but why weren't they Bebop and Rocksteady? Yeah, and I, I really like how they introduced them finally in the newer live action because I had never seen the two newest ones. And so when I was doing my rewatch of the old ones, I decided just to watch through all of them. Mm-hmm. And when they did Bebop and Rocksteady, I thought I thought it was great. I thought it looked amazing. They did, they did a good job with them. Yeah, and I thought it was great. I think, uh, I know in the IDW run... They are very, they're, they're, I think they're still kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of less intelligent lackeys, but they're brutal, yeah. like straight up brutal. Like they yeah. don't and just kind of get followed by the turtles. Like they beat the shit out of people. They're, they're not quite like that in the 2012 turtles. Um, they actually do something kind of different and make Bebop kind of skinny. Mm-hmm. And Rocksteady, Rocksteady's like a big Russian, but. So it looks kind of weird at first, but it kind of works. So they do some weird things like that in that cartoon, like Casey Jones is a younger kid and April's a little bit younger. So mm-hmm. basically Casey, April, and the Turtles are all kind of like the same age. Okay. But, but it's it's still a really great That works. I'm going to definitely, uh, we have Hulu, so I'm definitely going to bookmark that and take a peek at it. because yeah, and, and The animation's pretty good. Some of the stuff's kind of weird, but it it grows on you after a little while, but it's, it's, I'd say by far since the original one, when we were kids, that's probably my favorite turtles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I've heard that multiple times. Like I've heard, like, if you're going to watch a couple of the cartoons, you know, we all grew up with the nostalgic love for the, the first one, but they yeah. said, I've heard that the 2012 does a really good job of giving you turtles at their best. It's so good. And it like there's a lot of even the stories that like really grip you and kind of get you right in the feels. It's oh yeah. It's good. That's perfect. <laughs> um and actually it's it's funny when they do the episode that's kind of like the story from the first movie. Um Leonardo's voice changes. Mm-hmm. It's because or- originally um Jason Bateman from not Jason Bateman, the guy from American Pie. I can't think of his name. Oh uh Jason Biggs. Yes, Jason Biggs was the original Leonardo. Oh, really? But but then he got fired for a bunch of really crappy stuff he said on Twitter. 
and they replaced Jason Biggs with Seth Green. Okay. And you would think Seth Green, that's going to be super weird and not work, but it actually made perfect sense. And what they did was they explained that Leonardo Leonardo got beat up so bad and he got that his uh, voice box got damaged. That's why his voice sounds different. So that's how they explain the voice change. Well, that's actually smart to actually give it a fan service. Right. Like, yeah. why, why it's different, you know? Because Yeah, it was, it, oh, it's so good. <laughs> I like that. I, I definitely, like I said, I've, I've got that, I wrote that down and I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Um, and I know you had said that you've been meaning to uh, read some of the uh, IDW run. Yeah, I would absolutely 100% recommend it because as far as I am into the volumes, um, it's really good. And it, it does something that we haven't really seen them do with the origin story. Yeah, um, it's more about resurrection. That's and, cool. Uh, not even resurrection. It's more about um, reincarnation, actually. Mm. So Splinter's actually the reincarnation of uh, Hamato Yoshi, right? Okay. And uh, the four turtles are the reincarnations of his four sons. Interesting. As he was Hamato Yoshi. I like that. And they That's have kind of an interesting take. They kind of, as far as I've read, there's little inklings that they have memories of their past lives. That they they have memories of being Splinter sons. That's cool. Yeah, that's definitely one that um, I wanted to get into for a while that I'm I'm trying to work my way to that one. I think I might bump that one a little higher up the list. I mean, the artwork on it is super, super good. And uh, the storytelling is just great. And and they, you know, they are really uh, doing some fan service by bringing in some of those little bit more obscure characters and giving you issues where we get to see Slash. And and like you said, we just got introduced to Tokan Razar in the, in the comics. Um, yeah. So stuff like that. And I know there's others in between that we get. Um, I think I'm just getting to a point where we're going to see the neutrinos. Oh, right um, so that's going to be kind of cool to, to kind of see a little bit of that. And, you know, we got Utrams and uh, uh, Casey Jones is in there. And Casey Jones is actually a college hockey player. And his dad's oh, nice. a drunk and abusive. And how he meets uh, one of the turtles is his dad's kind of beaten on him and Raph had run off, you know, in his trench coat and hat because he was pissed at whoever. And yeah. uh, he heard the ruckus going on in the house from the sidewalk and he walks in and he kind of throttles Casey Jones's dad. And they kind of Casey Jones tell him like, nah, he's just drunk and this is what he does. I can take it. And Raph's like, I can't stand seeing it. So I'm going to beat his ass. And they kind of become friends from there on out. And that's cool. So it definitely has that cool, like, building each character and why they belong uh, aspect. And and like I said, as far as I'm into it, I've really enjoyed it. So I would definitely recommend yeah. that. We'll make That's a trade. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll start watching some 2012 cartoon. You, you try to get some of the IDW run read. Done. I'll do it. And I, you know what? We're both going to be winners at the end of the day because I know we're both going to enjoy what we're doing. <laughs> exactly. So what else, uh, do you have a favorite Ninja Turtles memory, uh, going to see the movie or, you know, just anything? I got to think probably, probably just watching the movies with my dad. Cause my dad's really the reason why I'm as nerdy as I am now. 
Yep. Um, he introduced me to a lot of that stuff. Uh, basically, I think it was real little, and I needed to bring a collection to a school for show and tell. And I didn't have, I didn't at the time, I didn't really collect anything. Uh-huh. So my dad, like, my dad went through a bunch of trading cards, like comic cards, football cards, baseball, a bunch of different cards, and like put them all in a binary. He's like, here, here's your collection. So that was kind of my first collection, which was pretty cool. Um, and then it, it kind of just went from there. So um, I learned everything there is to know about being a nerd from my dad. And it's kind of just grown on from there. And now that I have kids, I'm kind of passing that off onto them. Um, they're not as big into nerdy stuff like I am, but they're, they're getting there. <laughs> is there anything that they kind of have inklings of interest in that are nerdy? Um, my littlest one, she's five. So not anything super big yet. Um, a little bit with superheroes. She's a big fan of uh, the DC superhero girls. Okay. Just because she thinks those are neat. Um, my oldest, she's 13. And she um, is really big into sugar skulls. And okay. all of that kind of artwork. And there's a female pro wrestler who paints her face like that. Okay. So she kind of has made that connection. So She's never really wanted to watch pro wrestling until she learned, oh, hey, there's a, a wrestler that paints her face like that. And then that was kind of her intro way into wrestling. And then from there, she's found other wrestlers that she really likes. So it's gone from I've got one favorite wrestler to now she's got like six or seven hey, for all cool. sorts of different reasons. That's so cool. that was cool. That was kind of just something that we could share together. So now that. So you we, can make it generational. Yeah, and so instead of watching wrestling by myself now, now I can, you know, watch, you know, a couple matches a week with her. And she'll, like, we were watching one today where she was telling me, oh, I've learned how watching this kind of match, this seems to be the kind of thing to do. And she's kind of just picking up and like, yep, that's exactly. So Understanding can, how the storytelling works. and Exactly. Or like, like in a tag team match, how you're supposed to beat on your opponent, but keep them away from their side so mm-hmm. they can't get out and tag in the new guy i'm like yep you understand it completely that's exactly how it works so just just the fact that that little bit is how it got into something that we can share together has been pretty cool that's awesome um she also she also is a big i don't know what it is specifically but she really really likes miss marvel like kamala khan miss marvel okay that's that's a comic series she's read i think the first 10 volumes i think at least two or three times each and she just grabbed them from the library again today she's a pretty big fan i'm like i said i'm not sure exactly what it is but i doesn't to me it doesn't matter what it is her reasoning is she likes a comic book character she's reading comic books i call that a win for me absolutely and you know what that character is really awesome like he is really awesome i mean i i actually talk about that on a prior episode of the podcast about how nice. what a great way to give more representation to a really awesome character exactly and she's super stoked for the tv show yes and i have i actually listened to a podcast that had the uh actress that's oh, right that, that's playing her in the tv show um on their podcast and what an adorable human being first and foremost like she's just the sweetest the sweetest gal you can imagine and she is so beyond elated that she even has the opportunity to do it so i think she really cares that's cool hopefully that translates and makes the show really special yeah for sure um 
I don't know anything about the character other than she's kind of stretchy, kind of like yeah, that's... paint her hands and make them big and like do some <laughs> stuff like that. Kind of a, a Mr. Fantastic kind of yeah. vibe a little bit. That's that's really all I know too. And I, that's on me for not, that's one I've also wanted to read some when since we have them, I should take advantage of that. But yeah, that's, that's really all I know is she inherited the name from Captain Marvel and she, because she was like a fan of Captain Marvel, right? Like she, she was like, that was her role model or something or she, I, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. hundred. Yeah. I don't read the comic sense. books cause I'm super sexist and women can't be superheroes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My, my second favorite X-Men <laughs> character ever is Emma Frost. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's absolutely not true. That was a bad attempt at a joke. No, I, no I, uh, I, uh, actually, you know what I, uh, we talked a little bit about video games. I'm playing a game on my PlayStation called Neo two. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, uh, kind of like a dark souls type game, but it's, uh, oh, really? like, it's like fantasy feudal Japan. So it's like samurais and, you know, swords and stuff, but there's demons and uh, cool. you create your character and it, you know, with, the way video games are now you can do endless things when you're creating a character and yeah. i'm sitting there creating it and i'm looking through all the different you know guy um the different versions of the guy bodies and the guy faces and stuff that you can do and i'm like these all suck and i'm like i'm making a female character and she is far more badass than any male character i could ever have made so <laughs> i i've I kind of always been drawn to you know Growing up a, a He-Man fan, obviously, I love the big, bulky, barbarian guys and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm really drawn to femme fatale, female, like, strong, just badass characters. Um, so it's actually surprising that I haven't, you know, brushed up my knowledge on uh, Kamala Khan. Because she seems like yeah. she's a really cool character. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I brought up Emma Frost and we talked about uh, 90s X-Men being big. Mm-hmm. So does that also mean that your X-Men preference is Jim Lee's X-Men? I don't know. I have a preference per se. Um, I haven't read a whole lot of X-Men comic books. Um, most of my familiarity with X-Men is just from the show. Okay. But uh, yeah, growing up, Iceman, um, Colossus, and Gambit were my favorites. Yeah, but yeah. I don't, I don't really have a preference. I guess if I was gonna say I had a favorite, Jim Lee would probably be my favorite. But yeah, that's only if I had to really say I haven't read enough different variations to pick a favorite. Yeah. So now, do you have high hopes for X Men joining the MCU? I'm interested to see how they're going to introduce them because I've heard all the different ways they're going to. I've heard all the different ways they could. So I'm just interested to see how they do it. Okay. And how to explain, you know, over this entire time where, where they've been. The X-Men been. Yeah. So do you, do you want my perspective on this too? Sure. To sure. add to your collection of everyone's perspective on it. <laughs> One, sure. there's a reason that we haven't gotten Winter Soldier and Falcon yet. That reason is there is an X-Men villain in an episode. Okay. And the reason that. that we can't have that X-Men villain show up in an episode of Winter Soldier and Falcon is because that's the secret main bad guy in the Black Widow movie. <laughs> okay. It's Omega Red. Okay. That would make sense. He train. He's Russian. He trains in the Red Room. 
That makes sense. And that's the reason that David Harbour is only paid for one Marvel movie ever, and he's done. Because Omega Red's going to kill Red Guardian. Okay, I like that. That's half me speculating and half me knowing because the actor that they've cast to play Omega Red is slated for an episode of Winter Soldier and Falcon. And they've said that Winter Soldier and Falcon can't come out until after Black Widow comes out. Okay. That would make sense. So, as far as bringing them full force into the MCU... Um, with the tragedy of losing Chadwick Boseman, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of speculation on how they're going to do the next iteration of Black Panther, how they're going to redirect it, because they've, I believe they've gone on record now and said, we're not recasting. It's not yeah. going to be a different T'Challa. In the comic books, um, Storm from the X-Men has a relationship mm-hmm. with T'Challa. You don't they get married? Yes. Okay. Doctor Doom is obsessed with Storm, and we've also heard confirmation that Doctor Doom is coming. Yeah. To the MCU as one of the big bads. Mm-hmm. My pitch would be you take Black Panther 2, which we've already heard that potentially Doctor Doom is going to show up in Black Panther 2. I heard Namor might show up there too, which would be kind of interesting. Which makes sense because they they're just waiting to bring the Fantastic Four in. Yeah. And Namor is tied to that love triangle between Sue and Reed. Um, But in the comics, Doom basically puts T'Challa on his deathbed because he goes to Wakanda because he's obsessed with Storm. Storm takes over as the queen of Wakanda. And assigns the Black Panther duties to Shuri. That can be your in. Yeah. Because then Storm also feuds with the Shadow King. Who telepathically is linked to Professor X. Yeah. I mean, it's it's right there for I like you. That. I mean, it's based on something yeah. really crappy that happened. But it's right there for them. And it does a fan service. Yeah. I like that. That makes sense to me. Although if anyone but the guy, I and I can't think of the actor's real name, but the actor that plays Lucifer in the Lucifer series. Oh, okay. If anyone but him plays Doctor Doom, I'm done with the MCU forever. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna it's gonna be tough to try to make sure you cast someone that works. I mean, because they've done a pretty good job at uh matching actors with, yes. with uh the characters. My personal favorite being, um, I can't think of his name, but the guy who plays Kingpin. I think he's amazing. In uh, in the MCU? In the, yeah, in the Daredevil Netflix Oh, the show. Netflix series. I haven't yeah, yeah, yeah. watched it. Oh, dude. <laughs> I haven't finished it all the way, but um, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Um I'm gonna have to look it up really quick because it's killing me. Yeah, I've I've only seen a couple episodes of that, and I and I liked it to an extent, but then it was like I felt like I had to watch every show that was MCU kind of related, and like when I came into that, like Iron Fist was out, 
and I did not like Iron Fist. I didn't like the actor. That one I haven't watched yet. I wasn't a fan, and then they did. I did like Luke Cage. Luke Cage was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica that Jones, I have I'm... no connection to. I watched the first season. It was pretty good, just because David Tennant was an amazing bad guy. Okay, is that um, that's in Vincent enough? Yeah, in the first season, he was a bad guy. He okay. was um, I think his character um, what's his character's name? Purple Man or something like that. Oh, yep, yep, yep. You're right. I actually have yeah. heard that. Yeah, Purple Man. But yeah, he was incredible. He was I good. Thought. Huh? Um. Vincent D'Onofrio, that's oh, who yeah. plays King. That's who plays Kingpin. And he really he was he he was incredible. He gained a bunch of weight, and he looked in my head canon how I thought Kingpin in a movie would look. Huh. So you, if if for nothing else, you should check that one out too. I you haven't have watched. To. I like all Vincent D'Onofrio. He he was incredible. He's a um, cool actor. I think that is a Marvel casting that they did incredibly well. So, I uh, I agree. They they kill casting. Like they, sometimes you'll hear like, "Oh, Marvel just cast this this actor as this," and you're like, "No," and then you see yeah. it on screen, and you're like, "They saw what I didn't." They exactly like with uh, Ben Affleck and Batman. There was a lot of hate on Ben Affleck as Batman, but I think he did incredible. I'm a, I'm a big Ben Affleck supporter. I love Ben. Like I, I, I love Ben, and I would say no homo, but it might be homo. Like I love Ben Affleck. Um, Phantom, Phantom's like a motherfucker. Hell yeah. He, um, I absolutely love Ben Affleck. Um, and I mean, look, look, bash on Ben all you want. The man can direct a movie too. Yeah. I mean, what three years in a row he was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. And Argo won. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's, he's, I mean, he's, 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 he's more talented than I think people give him credit for. I think he was memes before there were memes on the internet. You know, like people just yeah. wanted to go after him for no good reason. I, I think this, there's a lot of nerds that like to jump on things just because that doesn't match. You know, like you were saying before, it doesn't match their head cannon. Yep. So the only uh, MCU casting that I hate is Brie Larson. Yeah, and I think the reason for me is because I'm it's Scott Pilgrim was one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. We love that. <laughs> and way, way too hung up on that's not that's not Carol, that's Envy Adams. Yeah. But then she also <laughs> had that whole like publicity thing where she really kind of she's like, Oh, I don't make my movies for fat white nerdy men. Yeah. Yes, you do. That's, that's who's paying your bills right now. Yeah, Marvel says you do, so that's what you do. Just kind of doing that whole too outspoken. Like, if that's your, if that, if that's her vibe, I, I'm not one to tell her what her vibe is. But you're also a professional. You got to know when that's okay to say and when it's not. Like that's yeah. where I don't, I don't. Uh, and maybe her portrayal of the character, I don't like that because i had actually heard something that um she you know had the long hair in the movie in the her standalone movie and then she had yeah. this weird buzz cut thing in endgame yeah and she said she did all that stuff because she got a better grasp of the character okay that's fine i get that um but i think she was also trying to like 
do this thing where she was like, this character isn't a character that um, I do not know who created Miss Marvel in the comic books. It's not their character. It's not Marvel's character. This is going to be my character. I don't care if I'm doing it justice or not. And I think that she's got kind of an elitist type attitude towards the character she's portraying that thousands and millions of people love already. Yeah. Um, I think I knew that. Plus, I wanted Natalie Dormer from Game of Thrones to play her. Okay, I could see that. Have you ever seen pictures of Natalie Dormer with her this, her head shaved into the mohawk? I don't think I have. But no, I could definitely see her as that, though. For sure. And she just personifies a little bit more of that stoic nature, I think, than Brie Larson would for me. as, And that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, um, that's fair. But, but I mean, yeah. They, I mean, other than that, everything they seem to do is just gold like yeah just absolute gold as far as i think i think that's going to be a big a big deal when they try to cast you know do they bring in the people that just played the x-men or do we recast the x-men again do we and especially casting the fantastic four because you know they've tried to do a good fantastic four movie for years they haven't been able to do a really successful one so now that you know they said oh well the day that marvel gets the rights back they're going to do amazing. So like the pressure's on pretty hard to not only make a good fantastic four movie, but to cast actors that, you know, yep. Like, yep. That's, that's Reed Richards. And yep. That's Johnny storm. You know? Okay. So here's my challenge to you. Cast your fantastic four. I, <laughs> I think John Krasinski and his wife, like I'm a lot of one. other people would be good as Reed and Sue. That's what I want to see as well. I think it would be amazing. Um, Or fantastic, no pun intended. Well, or maybe very much intended. Very pun intended. (laughs) Um, I agree on that wholeheartedly. For Johnny and for Thing, I never really thought about that, to be honest. Um, I've heard people say John Cena would be be really good i don't really know how i feel about that though as as ben Grimm, or as yeah. johnny as ben Grimm. yep i i think it could work it i don't could. i don't know if that's who i would pick i don't know though johnny storm i don't know about that one either i never really thought about that one I have a very specific Johnny Storm that I want. And I really, Ben Grimm's my odd one out. Johnny Storm, I want Logan Lerman, who played Percy Jackson. Okay. Actually, they said they wanted him for Peter Parker. Originally, yeah. Garfield got it. And I thought he would have been, I thought it would have been good for that. He's so good at that smart ass. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought he would have been a perfect Peter Parker. I mean, well, granted, I think Tom Holland does a really great job. I do too. I agree. I think Logan Lerman. I think Logan Lerman would have killed it as Peter. I Parker. feel like Logan Lerman deserves a spot in the MCU somewhere. I like him playing something. No, I, I like that. So I, as yeah. Johnny Storm, he's I kind like of that, that cocky, smartass. Okay. He's, he's yeah. a he's a good looking dude, so he can pull off that like Human Torch Playboy type persona. Um. I like that. Um, ben Grimm for me is the one. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it's more about a guy with a great voice. Yeah. 
You got to get a guy with a real great voice. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, like I said before, John Cena has a pretty deep voice. I think he could do it. Yep. I think he could do it. Whether or not, I think if he was cast, he would do a good job. Is that who I want to see? I don't know. I'm kind of like you. That's not really one that I've ever really thought about. Well, because I think part of it, too, is like we think I mean, he's going to be CGI. When he's thinking. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least I guess it depends on are they going to do. Yeah. Um, I think if Vin Diesel wasn't already Groot, I think that Vin Diesel probably could have done a decent Ooh, job as Ben Grimm. That's yeah, I like that. That's actually I like that a lot. That's actually a really that would be a really good voice. And, you know, like what you said, since he's going to be CGI anyway, for the most part, I guess technically you still could. But I don't think that because Vin Diesel's only been voice. Yeah. So, I mean, he could still portray, you know, like a human form. Yeah. Would they double cast like that? Probably not. They could, but I don't think they would. Yeah. I, I think they could, but then, you know, with, even with John Cena, they run into the problem. He's under DC contract. He's in Suicide Squad, too. That's that's true. So I don't know if they'd that allow the problem. crossover with how everything is playing out there. Um, Especially with now they got him his TV show as that character, right? Yeah. Um, what is it? Uh, God, what is his name? It's Patriot, right? Something Patriot, Super Patriot. I can't even read. It's a, it's an obscure character from DC for sure, um, and I can't think of his name. It's something Patriot or something or yeah, but he's peacemaker. He's a, oh, peacemaker, that's what it is. And he's like yeah. Captain America, but Captain America kills somebody, kills people to stop yeah. them from being bad. He just straight up shoots yeah. him. He's just got guns. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I'm actually kind of excited to see the Suicide Squad with James Gunn directing it. Oh, for sure. If anyone can take a ragtag weird team and make them awesome, I think James Gunn's going to do it. For well, sure. And I mean, the one interesting thing that I think people maybe not understand about it, they did. Have you seen the trailer where they do the roll call? Where they show like yeah. the like 15, 20 characters that are in the Suicide Squad for two? Yeah. You know why the cast is that big, right? Because they're going to kill don't. half of them. Ah, well, that makes sense. They're fun. <laughs> so, I mean, I think uh, I think that'll be interesting. Um, so, nineties. Let, let's go back to nineties X Men. So, you have a fondness for the old animated nineties X Men cartoon? Uh, yeah. Just the fact that you know you've got kind of like what I mentioned before, anything that kind of resembled a superhero, I was definitely drawn to. So uh, the fact that we finally had all these superheroes in cartoon form, it was awesome. Plus I, I was a big fan of, uh, as you were and a lot of people our age were, Saturday morning cartoons. Yep. So that was definitely pretty cool to see yep. superheroes. And just it wasn't the same typical crazy, weird, funny stuff that you'd see with other cartoons. Mm -hmm. It was a little more serious and they had superpowers. So yeah. I thought it was pretty awesome. Plus, the theme song is absolutely... The theme song is memorable. You can't forget it. Ever. I, I, literally, every single person that grew up with that cartoon can automatically hum that theme song. Yep. Everyone knows it. 
Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so it was, uh, I, I grew up with that cartoon as well. And uh, it's funny because, you know, we're approaching a time in movies where some of those characters are going to come to fruition in the MCU soon. Oh, yeah. And I sure. think about that because I, I do read, um, I was never big on reading some of the standalone, uh, it, like Wolverine's standalone run or, yeah. you know, different characters that had their own runs. I was more into, I'd read X-Men or Uncanny X-Men. And now I'm reading um, like the, the, uh, the new Jonathan Hickman run and some of the spinoff stuff. Um, and I, I, I did Age of Apocalypse the, in the 90s where they, that was the craziest you know, thing that X-Men ever did. Was, oh, yeah. It was not. Um, Age of Apocalypse. And then there was um, the one, the series where they revealed Onslaught. Yep. That was the, the one I read too. Yep. Onslaught was, was pretty cool. And, and yeah. Onslaught gives them another option for another big bad. Yeah, for sure. In the MCU. An easy big bad to do. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, thinking about that old animated cartoon, it, it's it's almost like I wish that those those characters from that cartoon could be cast in our MCU movies because a lot of those characters' oh, for sure. portrayals in that cartoon were how I want to see them come to life on the big screen. Oh, yeah. I um, remember watching those. Um, my dad was a huge Trekkie. Um, and that was during the time of Star Trek, the next generation. So I thought if they ever, cause this is back before we ever had superhero movies. So I thought, you know, if they ever make X-Men into a movie, I would love Patrick Stewart to be professor Xavier. And I would love, um, Kelsey Grammer to be beast. So the fact that it actually came true was kind of awesome. Because, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you hear the character beast. You're like, how do you not think of Kelsey Grammer? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, and that was one when they announced like Kelsey Grammer is going to be Beast in this X Men movie. Everyone was like, "What?" And I'm like, "No, it's about his. It's about it's, his voice. It's about his intellect." Exactly. It was perfect. Like, it it sounds enough like Beast from the cartoon. Like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Patrick Stewart didn't sound like Professor Xavier, but just looking at him, you're like, "That's Professor Xavier. That's real huh. life Professor X." Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Did someone draw Patrick Stewart the first time Professor X was drawn? Because that's <laughs> what he looks like. Um, exactly. And and you know that's one of the big things that's going on in the uh, MCU discussions now is when the X Men come, who's going to be Wolverine? Yeah. Because I mean, honestly, as much as we've loved Hugh Jackman portrayal of Wolverine for yeah. what 10 movies mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman's 6'4 yeah he's too he's too tall Wolverine is supposed to be like 4'10 and like 280 yeah so obviously we're not going to get a 4'10 actor to, I mean Peter Dinklage can't be Wolverine it's just not going <laughs> right. to happen right um, but it's that's the like that's the big one that X Men fans are like, how how do we do Wolverine? Like, wh- where are we gonna find someone to be this new Wolverine? It that fits in the be, MCU. It'll be tough. One of the um, ones I've heard is Daniel Radcliffe. I haven't heard that one, but that I I I don't like that one. Here's I'm just gonna I, be flat out. I agree because that's a lot of muscle that that kid's got to put on. A yeah. lot. Um, 
acting chop wise, if you watch some of the stuff that he's done since Harry Potter, Gunther oh, yeah. Rambo, Horns, he could do it. Oh yeah. Acting wise, I think he's very underrated as an actor beyond the Harry Potter series. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I. Th- I don't think it's the I- right casting. But I agree with you. Acting wise, he could do it. I just think there are a lot of other factors that personally for me would disqualify him from being. Oh, I agree. Wolverine. And you hear uh, Charlie Hunnam? I I actually would be okay with that. He's but even in that sense, he gotta put on a lot of bulk if he's gonna be Wolverine. Yeah. He's a skinny dude. Um, a really far out casting that I have heard, which I don't think in a million years it would happen, but I would be okay with is uh I don't know if you've ever seen Letter Kenny. I've I've heard of it and I've seen like clips. Uh the main the main character from Letter Kenny, his name is Wayne, uh played by Jared Kiso. Okay. He kind of has the look. Um okay. he's a muscly guy, he's toned, he's kind of a little bit bigger. Height wise, I'm not sure. And he and he's already Canadian. So Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of works. But I I think that that is kind of a far out and left field casting. I'd agree with it. I'd be okay with it. But Charlie Hunnam is one that I've heard a lot of. Um I've heard Shia LaBeouf too. Uh, yeah, I don't that one would kind of be like Harry Potter, like Daniel He's Radcliffe. Nuts, though. He, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But I kind of love it. I would kind of put him in the same category, like you said, with Daniel Radcliffe, I think he could do it, but I don't think it's the right choosing. I don't either, but I do think, um, oh yeah, Jenna just showed me a picture of the guy from Letter Kenny. That's I could get behind that. I I think he could do it. Um, so, I also heard Taron Edgerton. I I think his face is too round. Yeah, and that's just an aesthetic I, thing. I don't know. I still think he could pull it off. I but, do too. Yeah. But I think you know what the thing with Taron Edgerton, he's so fucking charming. And Wolverine should not be charming <laughs> at all. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> that kid has got some mad charm. Like you watch him in the Kingsman and stuff, and you're yeah. like, man, that kid is charming. Like he's swagger. <laughs> yeah. Um I just don't know if I could believe him being so blunt and just crude like you want to see your Wolverine. Yeah, um, I could see that. So do you hope that they kind of just port over the Colossus that we got in Deadpool? Yeah, actually, I thought that was a pretty good one. I did um, like that. I mean, nothing against the guy who played Colossus in all the other X-Men movies. For, for his like 30 good... seconds of screen time? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had a good look to him, but, you know, Colossus is like big, larger than life guy. And the, the guy who they did in actually i think they just it was all cgi wasn't it in deadpool so it there was like a mocap actor i believe okay but i think i read somewhere it was like five different people to create colossus yeah and he was he was enormous and i think that's perfect that's what he should be and if they ever did juggernaut i thought the even the juggernaut they did in deadpool 2 i thought was much better i love the the juggernaut in deadpool 2 yeah he was incredible reynolds yeah and I, I think it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Uh, I the only the only castings that I didn't 
so I loved um, Zazie Beats as Domino. Yeah. Um, but I'm also very huge into the 90s X-Force comics. So I wanted to see that white face paint, black eye, like yeah. short black bob haircut assassin Domino. Um, although the update was fine. Like I was perfectly okay with that. Yeah. The issue, the real issue I had, as much as I like Josh Brolin, Cable is supposed to be like 6'8 and like 300 pounds. Yeah. He's supposed to be huge. I I thought he looked good as Cable, just aesthetically, but he just, the size for me wasn't there. I wanted the guy that played the bad guy in Avatar. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that too. Yeah, I really would have. I really was kind of because he actually was petitioning to get the role. Yeah. And fans were like backing it, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I was like, yeah, I like that. I really do like that. Um, He's still not big enough, but I mean, we're never going to get a cable that's big enough. Yeah. I think I saw John. They had John Hamm in there as fan casting, too. And I oh, thought yeah. he was pretty he was pretty decent, too. Just the um, the fan art they did was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they can't all be Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, they can't right. all be Conan the Barbarian, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I mean, it's just right. not going to happen. And I mean, yeah. you can't cast The Rock as every single superhero to get the size yeah. that you want. I mean, they're, they're comic book characters. True. They're drawn larger than life because they are. Right. Um, but yeah, I and I think about all that the X-Men coming and I'm like, okay, so if they were kind of going to use the the like character development that that 90s cartoon did and give them just hints of that in the MCU, which I think would be perfect because I think that's such a great um, take on what the X-Men are and what they are to me. And maybe that's partially from nostalgia and growing up with it. But even in reading yeah. from the books and stuff, that's kind of the vibe that I get from those characters in the books too. So I think they did a pretty good job with that cartoon. And yeah. so I feel like it's got to give me a little, pay a little bit of homage to it when I see them come to life on the big screen. Um, yeah. And I think about that kind of stuff all the time. I'm like, oh, who would I cast in this role? And who would I cast in this role? You know, because we're going to get a different Professor X. Yeah. We can't have Patrick Stewart. We can't have James McAvoy. They got to run yeah. with someone new for the MCU. Um, and, you know, we talked earlier, uh, my favorite X-Men character of all time is Cyclops. And for me, it's like, oh, man, I, I have to pick who I want to play Cyclops. Like, this is impossible. <laughs> and you know what? I came down to, I was thinking about it, and I was naming all these actors, and I was talking to my wife about it, and I was like, this is important to me, because this is my favorite, might be my favorite Marvel character of all time, is Cyclops. Right. Um, and I came to something, and I was like, you know what? Disney technically already owns this guy. And he's tall. He's pretty good looking. He's, he, he'd look good in the, in, you know, you got to remember, these guys got to look good in these skin tight latex suits and stuff. Yeah. Like you put a guy that's too skinny for those suits in one of those suits and people are going to be like, what are you doing? Like, it's not going to be visually pleasing. Um, and people will absolutely riot when they hear my pick for Cyclops. If they're Cyclops fans, I want Hayden Christensen. I could see that. You think about how he was when he was Anakin. Yeah. 
and he was kind of dead. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But when he had to jump into a fight, he jumped into a fight. Yeah, I could see that. I really am behind that. And I know no one else is, but I'm okay with <laughs> being the only one. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, not being super partial to Cyclops myself, I haven't put a lot of thought into who I would want as a fan cast, but... I think people think that Cyclops can just be, it's just got to be a tall, decent looking guy and it, it'll be fine. Yeah. Because, I mean, for, for most people, Cyclops is your, he's Leonardo. Yeah. He, most people find him boring. He's just going to do what's right. He's going to keep the team together. He's going to tell them, you go here, you go here, you do this, and we're going to be good. Yeah. I've read enough stories encompassing you know cyclops where i've created a different uh relationship with the character myself and uh that's fair you know maybe uh maybe for lack of a better thing maybe i'm a little bit boring like cyclops myself and i I (laughs) put myself in that same kind of uh realm i mean uh you know the the worldwide beard club that i'm part of uh, bearded villains I, i created the wisconsin chapter i've been the captain since its birthplace i i'm just you know all the sports teams and stuff that i've done in my life i've always kind of been the guy that's like all right this is how we're gonna organize it let's do it you know kind of took the helm and been the kind of team leader on it and maybe that's just a personality trait that i was born with and that's why i relate to cyclops more than most people would but i can also totally understand why people are like cyclops sucks he's boring he's not that exciting like he's He's a, he's a stick in the mud, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, so you, you had already said, uh, Colossus and, and Gambit were kind of Hubble Gambit. Who would you cast as Gambit? Uh, I don't know. The guy they used, uh, in the Wolverine movie, actually, I thought he looked pretty good. So that was, uh, God damn it. What is his name? He was the guy from uh, the John Carter movie. Yep, John Carter of Mars. And he was also in, yeah. have you ever seen The Covenant? I have not seen that. That's a weird, it came out around the time of, of like when Underworld first hit popularity. Okay. Um, and it was about uh, the four brothers of Salem. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Taylor Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch, yeah. He was I a think, pretty good gambit. I liked him. I think just just look wise, mm-hmm. he was really good. Because actually, for a while there, Channing Tatum was tied to Gambit. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't love that. <laughs> yeah, I don't me neither. <laughs> Gambit's another one that he's got to be. They got to nail it. He's got yeah. such a specific vibe and character. He's he's the Gambit's really kind of got to be cool. He just definitely has to be a guy that you're like, that's the coolest guy in the room. Yep, for sure. And he knows it. Like, yep. he's got to be that guy. Uh, you know, if Taron Egerton wasn't four feet tall, I could say he'd almost have the right uh, personality to play Gambit. Yeah, I could see that. I don't. I'd be okay with that. Guys, but, yeah. Um, so that's exciting, you know, getting the X-Men they're, they're around the corner, especially for people like you and I that grew up with that cartoon. Exactly. And I mean, really, if if they didn't want to try to spend all the time, you know, shoehorning, finding a way to shoehorn the X-Men into the MCU, 
I mean, they already kind of did it in Deadpool. I mean, they had the mansion there. Yep. They kind of played in X-Men or uh, in Deadpool 2 where they kind of just shut the door to hide from Deadpool. I mean, it's kind of already right there. So if you can find a way to incorporate Deadpool into the MCU, you kind of just can bring the X-Men right along with them. Well, because they have said they're doing Deadpool 3. Yeah. And they said, I think the rules with it were Deadpool movies, standalone movies can stay R. And he yeah. can do his thing like he's been doing for the past two movies. If he appears in a regular MCU movie, he has to be PG-13. That's fair. So they left the door open for yeah. Deadpool to join the rest of the MCU cast. So they basically can do it if they choose to. Yeah, and I mean, there's that one scene where he's touring the mansion in Deadpool 2, and you see the X-Men shut the door to, yep. hide, to hide from him. So, I mean, really, it's already right there. Yeah, I mean, it truly is. So, they, they, yeah, if they tie, however they, if they decide to tie Deadpool into the regular MCU continuity, you're right, it is right there. They can say, hey, Deadpool knows the X-Men. And actually, uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, they kind of insinuate that uh, Yukio is her girlfriend. Yeah. The thing in that Deadpool movie. Uh, Yukio is um, the same character in the Wolverine movie where he's in Japan. Different actress, oh, okay. but same character. Interesting. I didn't realize that. So, I mean, she's she's technically another in for bringing Wolverine in if they want to. There you go. But who knows? They they have their ways and they seem to always come up with the best way to do it. They, they yeah. haven't let us down so far. Yep. I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, that would be kind of like we were mentioned earlier with Turtles. That'd be kind of the lazy writing way. There's, oh, hey, Deadpool is bringing the X-Men. So I don't imagine them doing it that way, but I'm excited to see how they finally do yeah. it. Speaking of uh, Turtles, you know that there's a new Turtle show coming. I don't think I did know that. Produced by Seth Rogen. Oh, that I did know. I'm I'm interested to see that just because... It's animated, well, right? That I can't remember. I think so. I think it, it was <clears> like kind of Pixar-y yeah. uh, CGI animation. But I mean... He's had a pretty good track record with superhero stuff lately, so I'm I'm interested to see how it goes. Yeah, I, I think uh, Seth Rogen's pretty good writer, pretty good uh, yeah. producer, and and uh, I'm, I'm interested to see, like you said. I mean, Preacher was really good. The Boys has been really good. So oh, the I'm, Boys, oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see how it goes. That's the other one that I've heard playing Wolverine is Homelander. Okay, I could get behind that. That's the one that I had actually just heard that like last week. Some uh, one of the podcasts I, I was listening to was like, "Yeah, the actor that's playing Homelander, he would be great as Wolverine." I could get behind I, that. I could That'd get behind be pretty that. good. Might yeah. be a little old. That's okay. You could still kind of err on almost like the not really quite the old man Logan, just kind of like a more grizzled. I mean. He could be older, which means he's going to be crankier, which True. you want your Wolverine cranky anyway. So I think well, definitely I mean, that could that could work. For anyone that watches The Boys, you know when Homelander is on screen, you are on the edge of your seat because you're like, he's so fucking nuts. Like, yeah. what? Mm -hmm. it, he's going to kill a baby right now. Yeah. Like, you don't know what he's... He's so unpredictable and he makes you so nervous the whole time you're watching him. And that actor is killing that. Yeah. 
No, so I definitely, yeah, I never thought about that, but that's definitely, I think, one of my top five choices for Wolverine now, for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, on a little tangent, because we brought up The Boys, obviously you've watched The Boys now. I haven't seen season two yet. Okay. I've seen season one. I think Homelander's the good guy. Yeah? I, not really. I know what happens in the comics. Like, I've read the books. Yeah. Um, Homelander is the best character, 100%. And you know what? He's just misunderstood. He always tries to do what's right. He just doesn't care about collateral damage. Yeah, I could see that. Although he's pretty brutal and kind of shitty, but he's my favorite character. Everyone else, I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. You can die. You can die. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I think if I had to pick it, I have not. The books are very different. Not very, but they definitely have taken some different routes. Yeah, I I could see that. Um, If you haven't, I'd recommend reading the books. Yeah, I will. They're good. Brutal and crazy. Like, just doing shit that comic books... You're almost like, they did this in a comic book? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Um, The boys... Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, you said you're good. You haven't watched season two yet. Not yet, man. We're piling up your to do list. Hey, it that's already stuff on my to do list. I just got to get to the rest Perfect. of it. Perfect. So, cool. Uh, what else, you got? Anything else you want to talk about for X Men? Anything else? Um, memory. Uh, talk about whatever. You ever collect any X Men stuff? I had some toys growing up um had omega red had um professor x like old toy biz yeah nice yeah toy biz were um cool. trying to remember all the ones. those are the two that i remember specifically just because of xavier's floating wheelchair and i thought omega red was awesome omega red's just one of those character designs that's just cool yeah so you're like me i think uh as a kid you like the big brawny dudes I did. Um, and I still kind of do when I play role playing games, I always kind of go for like the big, the big brawny guy that for some reason, more lately, that's not quite how I go. But for some reason, I still have a soft spot for the big, bulky, tough guys. Well, I mean, my first love was He-Man. So for me, bulky brute dude. (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, my my favorite, you know, property as a kid was a half-naked barbarian riding a green cat. So it's... (laughs) So, I mean, growing up, you know, when you said Colossus and I said I can relate to that, I had the... um, Do you remember the Marvel Universe trading cards? Um, The 90s ones? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have those. I have... Really? I think I was... I think I had... It was like double digits. I had all, I had like a whole set. I was only missing maybe like 20, 30 cards. Nice. But I I've had actually like been trying set. to hunt those down myself because I, I, I used to get them as a kid. And the yeah. first card I ever pulled out of one of those packs was Colossus. That's cool. So as a kid, for the longest time, he was like my favorite character because I was like, okay, I got, I got this card. I've never seen Colossus before seeing the cartoon or anything like that and i was like this guy's awesome he's huge he's he's got big muscles he's silver he's made out of metal you know and uh 
I remember reading the little bio on the back of the card and seeing his stats and how strong he was on the stat bar thing or whatever. And I was like, mm. okay, that's my favorite like superhero <laughs> for the longest time. He was my favorite character. Um, yeah. so that's why when you said Colossus, I was like, yep, I get it because I was, I was definitely there too. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, truthfully, uh, why I really love Colossus now is I still like Colossus. I think Colossus is a really cool character. And I'm always, you know, for the longest time, I was so pissed because every X-Men movie we got, I was like, where the fuck is Colossus? Yeah. Like, why can't we have Colossus? Um, yep. But now what really makes me appreciate Colossus is because of Colossus, we have magic. Yeah, actually, we watched New Mutants recently. I told my wife, I'm like, that girl right there, that's Colossus' sister. And she just was like, mind blown how they're tied together like that if they bring any new mutants characters into the mcu and the gal that played iliana is not the same i'm gonna riot <laughs> yeah she was good she was awesome she was fantastic and yeah. uh i mean obviously they gave magic the best parts in the movie Right. I mean, she was clearly the one that knew what was going on with her powers and wasn't afraid to use them. Um, yeah. So speaking of magic in the X-Men universe, for the first time ever in X-Men history, in the Jonathan Hickman run, the current X-Men run, there is a second leader in the X-Men ranks after Cyclops. It's magic. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So they're putting some stock into that character now. She's finally getting That's cool. I mean, because in the 90s cartoon, we saw her as a little girl on a farm getting yeah. kidnapped by Omega Red, right? Yeah. And that's when Colossus, you know, kind of joined the X-Men a little bit in that cartoon. Yeah. Was to go get her back. Yeah, it all comes back around, right? I mean, all comes back around. Uh, all that. And, and I like we have uh, talked about MCU does such a good job with giving us the characters we love. And yeah. are big fans of in a in a way that we still love them. We don't say, "Oh man, they messed that up." That's just not any good. Even when we have our doubts, when we hear castings or see you know little rumors and stuff, we we go, "Oh no, really?" And then you're surprised almost every time. At least I am myself. Um, yeah. Oh man, that's that's not going to work. And then I go and watch it, and I'm like, "That really fucking worked. Like that was yep. really really good." So, um. Well, I suppose we got a good couple uh, hours into the episode here. Yeah, uh, we'll have a lot to. Of, we'll a have lot to of do nerdy going on. You'll come back. Absolutely, I'd love to. There's I mean, we'll we'll, tons. we'll have to uh, we'll have to catch up. I'll have to catch up on some uh, some reading. Maybe uh, maybe we can do an episode talk about your uh, some of your stories that you've been writing after I go read them sure absolutely How do you feel about that you want to do something like that heck yeah dude let's do it and you have a you have a, a a partner that writes with you right yeah local vicinity like you guys live yeah. with each other? okay well you're gonna have to yeah. put his ass on the couch next to you do i can do it and then uh and then maybe we'll do a a, a whole uh after i read and verse myself in it because i don't want to do any damage <laughs> to your writing or your characters i want to know what i'm talking about fair enough we can sit down and we'll we'll talk about that, huh? Yeah, we can talk about tons of stuff. I, I mean, we've kind of just scratched the surface of all the stuff we could talk oh, about. And, so, I mean, yeah. 
It's for sure. And real quick before uh, I, I close this out, you said uh, role playing games. Are you talking uh, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons? Yes. Okay. So let me let me tell you something about this. Okay. I have been peer pressured at length almost my entire life to play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And I have refuted for my entire life. Not because I'm not interested, because I'll tell you what, swords and sorcery is my jam. I yeah. love that shit to no end. Um, there's yeah. actually a fantastic toy line. Look it up because you'll dig it. Because if you like Dungeons and Dragons, you'll dig this line. It's called Mythic Legions. Mm -hmm. It is goblins, Templar knights, barbarians, orcs, elves, trolls, vampires, everything you can imagine. The toy line is sicker than shit. It's awesome. Nice. And it is purely, and it's all made to uh, customize. A lot of their parts are interchangeable and stuff. So you can put different right armor on. and different characters. You can make it your own thing. But they're all Dungeons and Dragons characters. 100%. That's cool. Like, I mean, they're original characters, but that's where they came from. That's where the heart is. That's cool. Um, I haven't actually played in about 15 years or so, but for the last couple, there's been a few of us talking like, hey, we should seriously get together and play a game. So we're getting pretty close. So the inebriated group that I did the Christmas episode with okay, sat around the table and talked about starting to learn how to play. And we talked about doing a Zoom cast podcast of us playing Yeah, as we learn to play. What do you think about that? That sounds awesome. I've heard of some other podcasts that that kind of do the same thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of podcasts that do uh, live playing of Dungeons and Dragons. I've heard of Drunken Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, ours is probably oh. going to be drunken. Hey, that's okay. I've I've they've, it's been done, and I don't see any reason why it couldn't be done again. And you know what's funny is. Uh, We've already discussed, and this might be real bad for the Dungeons and Dragons community. Um, we've already discussed that we may loosely not follow the rules as exactly intended. It's to the point where I already have my character drawn. <laughs> nice. There's actually a podcast I listen to that they do, that they're the brothers that play with their dad, and they do the same thing. They don't follow the rules exactly closely but they kind of just use them as guidelines so yeah, and that's i really yeah i really don't think there's any issue with that huh so then what we have to do then is then we once you start playing again because it's an in inevitable it yeah. seems like it is at least then we're going to just have to do a big old zoom round table of it i'm down dude whenever you need whenever you need a guest Hit me up. I'm Heck yeah. very willing to come back. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that actually happened. And it, it happened because of this podcast. Awesome. It was, it was something that I have been, I knew that I would have fun doing it. I knew I kind of, part of me always wanted to do it. But I was like, oh, it seems like a game that just takes too much effort to learn how to play. And I, I don't even really think it takes that much. You basically just read enough to play, to create your character, then kind of just kind of just play it it's i don't think it's as much work as you think it is see and i and that's what everyone at and you know what it's funny because ever there was one guy at the table that he's only been playing for two months and mm -hmm. he kind of was talking to us about it the other three of us have never played have never really 
thought about playing other than, you know, someone in our lives plays and is like, Oh, you might want to try this. It might be fun. And he started talking about it and we were all like, let's fucking do it. Like it's just time. Like let's, you know, so we're going to, you're going to have four absolute rookies playing this game. And it's okay. It almost seems like that's going to be the most fun version of it that we could have. Absolutely. Rather than one of us just randomly joining a group that's already been doing it for so long. Yeah. I feel like just having one guy that's only been playing for two months and four of us that have no clue what we're getting ourselves into. I just think it's going to be the best version of it that I could play for myself and for the rest of us. Oh, for sure. And that's, that's what I think is so great about it is you can, you can go as stickler to the rules as you want, or you can use the rules as loose as you want. I think the point is just getting together and having fun. It's just storytelling. It's just taking, it's storytelling together. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, everyone sat at our table and was like, oh, well, I'm never going to do, you know, voices and and do all this and get into character. And I'm like, guys, you guys are doing characters right now and we're not even playing Dungeons and Dragons. We're all having a few (laughs) beers and eating Christmas cookies and you guys are doing characters. (laughs) It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, then we'll have to get together and talk um, after I do some reading. Sounds good, man. I got I to gotta dig into uh, some tales from Spartan City. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to come back whenever you need me. Absolutely. This was fun. And like I said, yeah. and you said it, actually, uh, we barely scratched the surface, I think. I think we're going to just keep, uh, the more we talk, the more we're going to find that we have a lot of nerd fandom to talk about and, and some good conversations to, uh, to be had and absolutely share with the five people that listen to this. Um, absolutely. Hopefully they enjoy <laughs> it. Uh, yes, for sure. Absolutely. So um, before we jump off here, why don't you shout out uh, your platforms where people can uh, reach you, where people can see some of the content that you're putting out there and the pages and stuff that you're uh, sharing with uh, the nerd community. Perfect. Uh, well, you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook just at Nerds Week. Um, there's a Facebook group called the Nerds Week Community. Um, and there's a Discord where you can, if you don't want to be on Facebook or you want to find a way to chat without having to be on Facebook, because I totally get that 100%, yep. come join the Discord. Perfect. And then where can they read your comic? Ah, uh, Tales from Spartan City. That is Tales from Spartan City blogspot.com perfect go check that out it sounds like a lot of fun i'm gonna check it out myself and read it and then uh after i read it and after all of you listening read it come back and uh listen to a future episode of uh us having a discussion about it talking about it um yeah love to stuff um so yeah thank you chris i appreciate you coming on and hanging out for a while and talking thanks for having me man so thanks for having me i appreciate it yeah Everyone listening, uh, you know the drill, Childhood of the Wolf on Instagram. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel. Uh, there's no videos up yet. Um, eventually, these Zoom casts, with the allowance of all my guests, will be up on YouTube. So if you don't feel like just listening in your headphones, you can throw it on on your TV, on your cellular device, your tablets, whatever. You can, uh, you can look at me being stupid instead of just listening to me being stupid. Um, check out these sweet ass beards. You can check out the sweet ass beards. 
We didn't do the PBO <laughs> shout out this time. Um, I'm obviously a part of the PBO team, popobeardoils.com. You know the drill on that too. Um, but uh, yeah, so Childhood of the Wolf on Instagram, Childhood of the Wolf on YouTube. You can go subscribe now, I believe. There's no content up yet. There will be soon. We're working on a little bit of uh, intro art and you know all that stuff that I'm too old to know how to do by myself. So I have to find younger friends to do it for me. <laughs> um, and also we have a Gmail. It's childhoodofthewolf at gmail.com. Send us, uh, you know, topic requests, ideas. Tell me I'm an idiot. I tell you guys to do that every time. No one's done it yet. So I'm assuming I'm still not an idiot. Uh, but Hit up those uh, those links and uh, contact us and, you know, share whatever you want with us. And uh, same with Chris's uh, media. Hit it up. Uh, that Nerds Week stuff is pretty awesome for any of you out there looking to find people that like the same kind of stuff as you. Uh, it's a great platform for you to share the stuff you enjoy with other people that enjoy it as well. Um, so, yeah, that being said, thank you again, Chris. Appreciate your time. It was fun. Yeah, man. Thank you. It was fun. All right, everyone listening, thank you for joining us and uh, listening to us talk for a little bit. Uh, we'll talk to you next time.